The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about partnership marketing. Joining us is Robert Glazer, who is the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners, which is the recognized leader in global partnership marketing. And they manage programs in 40 countries for more than 170 brands, including Target, Adidas, LinkedIn, Noom, ButcherBox, and Credit Strong. Acceleration Partners' global staff of more than 250 people maintain a singular focus on delivering exceptional outcomes, and they deliver deep and data-driven expertise in key partnership marketing tactics, including affiliate, influencer content, mass media, and B2B partner marketing. Robert is also the author of the recently published book, Moving to Outcomes. So far this week, Robert and I have talked about diversifying your marketing portfolio with partnership marketing. And yesterday we talked about how to make an affiliate and partnership marketing channel scalable. Today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about making partnership marketing profitable for brands of all sizes. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Robert Glazer, the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners. Robert, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Good to be back again and again. Excited to have you here again and again. Always a pleasure to connect with you. Appreciate that you come back every couple of years. So far, we've talked about partnership marketing and why it's great for diversifying sort of the in-between of brand building and your performance marketing. You could build a scalable channel and it takes time, budget, resources. Let's talk about profitability for the marketing channel. One of the big questions I think for most people when it comes to affiliate and partner marketing is how do I set up the program from an offer perspective? What should I be giving to the publisher that makes it attractive? And and what actually makes an ROI positive channel for me? Talk to me about thinking of profitability for both sides when you're working in affiliate and partner marketing. That's a good starting point. So sometimes, you know, we'll benchmark. The other thing is we'll look at other channels. Like I, I find it funny sometimes people are like, oh, I want to pay affiliates 8% or my partner's 8%. Like what's your average cost of sale in PPC? They're like 12. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it does if you could scale it. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to pay 50% more for something where you're not guaranteed the outcome. Because again, I have to get people interested in the first place. So a couple of things we tell people, like one is if you have LTV or you have the data, like go out with your nearest best offer. With that said, I would leave some room between the rack rate and a premium rate. 
So if 12% is the absolute max you could go, I might go out with 10 or 11 because good premium publishers like to see above average rates. But I wouldn't play cheap with this channel because again, the damage of saying you go out with 4% because you're trying to be greedy, even though you pay 10 and you can't get anyone willing to put your stuff on their shelf. You need to get on people's shelf and you're on their shelf at their risk. So I think it's good to benchmark. It's good to come out pretty strong. People never like to go backwards. So if you're going to do something in the beginning, you should express that as a bonus. So like our rate is 10%, but for the first 90 days of the program or whatever, we are giving you a bonus 5% or otherwise you don't want to put people in 15. And like we know this with salary, no one likes to go backwards. So you just got to be very careful about how you set that up. So I think the main things are know your economics, go with a good offer, leave yourself some room for upward. And then in terms of when that person is in your program, the biggest thing you could do is think about them not as a customer, but as a partner. And how can you provide them content, ideas, opportunities, new product launches, things that they can talk about, about your product. So for an example, and a lot of people do this poorly, let's say once a year, Benjamin Shapiro has a big sale and that's the biggest sale of the year. Well, you don't go to your people and you say, hey, we're having a big sale next week. That's a customer language. You go to your partners and say, we're having our big sale next week. It ends up being our biggest converting revenue four days of the year. We'd love to see you make some space for it. We're going to provide you with banners, links, offers, products to feature, so on and so forth. Now that's talking to them like a partner, not about we're having a sale, but here's how you use our big sale to make money. That's the way to think of that. So there's what's your business model and what's your relationship? What are the terms of the agreement? You've mentioned multiple times, you don't want to go backwards. You can give bonuses and stipend to sweeten the pot, but basically have a lower baseline. Here's the 10% that you're going to get of every sale, but we're going to constantly be bumping it up with these other programs to make them seem attractive. Now, you mentioned, look, you got to benchmark this against what your rate of return is from your other channels. If you're paying 12% to acquire a user through PPC, why would you pay less than that? To me, the question is, doesn't it depend how you're benchmarking against the other affiliate or partnership programs as opposed to how you're benchmarking against your in-house marketing spend? If I'm offering 10% of a $100,000 average selling price product and the average company offers 6%, of a hundred thousand price point, I'm more attractive, even if I normally pay 15% through performance marketing. So is it really benchmarking against what your in-house marketing results are, or is it benchmarking against the other people that are doing similar program? It's a little bit of both. So if I'm Coke's program, I certainly want to look at what Pepsi's playing. Probably not the best of buying soda online, but you understand what I'm saying. If Coke's at 8% and Pepsi's at 12, then that's going to be a competitive differentiation. But also just in absolute terms, if you're willing to go all day in PPC to 12%, again, it's backwards here and that the offer that you make will often determine how excited people are and whether they're willing to bump something else. But you can't go backwards. I'm going to fight you on this one. I don't want to roll it out at 12 because I know I'll go to 12 because my performance marketing is there. You can't go backwards, which is fine. So maybe 10, right? So go with your near best offer, because if that's what you're willing to pay, again, this is a market where the rate determines whether people take a risk on you. So if that whole space is 2% competitively, then you might not want to go too far above it. But again, markets are efficient. 
look, if it's electronics, everyone pays two or 3% because it's just not high margin. So unless you're not going to find a lot of competitors, I think who are truly, if they really were paying 12%, it's very rare that they're going to be at 3%, you know, an affiliate and find that that to be compelling, but they may try to save some money and go out at seven or eight, but markets are efficient in that way. And then you see some people at 20 who probably can't afford to be there either. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So you mentioned not only is there the business terms, but there's also basically the ease of the sale. What are the assets you're providing? What's the promotional vehicles that are there to help the publishers be able to share your product and, and have a reason to reach out to their following? Producing creative isn't cheap and promoting that and, and building out these other brands or sale events, that also has a cost. So when you think about profitability, when you're constantly having to drum up something to give the publishers a reason to reach out to their audience, you know, how do you make sure that you're doing that in an effective way to provide the publishers what they need, but also without creating extra logistics, headaches, and also deteriorating your profitability? A lot of times it's using the technology and just doing the work for them. Like I said, when we used to write a newsletter, it's not like, heybenjamin.com, we're having a sale. It's like, heybenjamin.com, we're having a sale. And by the way, here's a text links already embedded for you. Here's some content you can use. Here's some images you can pull. This is like PR to marketing. Like, how do I make your life easy to just cut and paste? We understand that when you write an article for a reporter, <laughs> they tend to use a lot of the language. But at a higher level, I think a really important thing to understand is that, and this is kind of an irony in performance marketing, the partnership program has a brand separate from the actual brand. It has a brand of, is this a responsive team that I trust? Did they get back to me when the tracking was down? Did they make it up to me? Do they take care of my conditions? Do I trust them? There are some great consumer brands out there that partners don't want to work with them because their partnership team is not known as responsibility or trustworthy or when there was a mistake or tracking was down. Like here's something a good program does. 
a bad program goes, oh, tracking didn't work yesterday. And let's hope Benjamin.com doesn't notice because then we don't have to pay him, right? That'd be A. Or program B says, tracking was down for two days. They reach out proactively and they say, hey, Benjamin.com, tracking was down for two days. We switched a pixel on our server and we missed it. You did not get credit for the things that you did. What we did was we went back and looked at your seven-week average of those two days that were down. And we gave you 10% more than that because we feel bad and we value as a partner. Which one are you going to go on a line for next time they ask you to do something or run a campaign or take a risk on something? I think that that's a pretty obvious answer. It's the latter. But it also brings me to my next point of brands have different resources and different sizes. So when you're thinking about running these partner programs and you want to make them profitable and you're at a smaller brand, that's a lot of work. I got to look to make sure the pixel's there. I got to reach out to the partners. I'm doing math to figure out what we should be paying. When you're trying to think about profitability and you're a smaller brand, obviously there's a lot of resources that can go into this constant communication with the partners, figuring out what our offer is, evaluating which partners work. That can be really challenging and time consuming. So when you're a smaller brand, how do you focus on what's going to actually maximize your profit? The most important thing a smaller brand can do is just focus on a small group of partners and do a good job with them. Don't try to go for volume. Don't auto-approve your program and get all these people in there that are a mess and have to clean it up. Like there's some programs where like, you know, if four or five partners and they're producing a thousand dollars a month and you're getting them what they need in an hour a week, like that's good leverage. I think the best thing a small company can do is to try to do a couple things really well with the program and not to try to do too much. You should never auto-approve. You should always manually approve partners and look at what they're doing and make sure you understand what they're doing. But it's much better to be active with a few people than to have something running where you have no idea what's going on and you're barely paying attention to it. So I want to turn the page a little bit. Obviously, profitability is incredibly important when you're cultivating a new marketing channel. And it's one of the things that you focus on a lot in your book, Moving to Outcome. So tell us a little bit about the Moving to Outcome book and what can people that are interested in reading it expect to get from it? Some of the things that we've talked about, you know, are really covered in there. What, what is causing the shift in marketing? What's really going on with the auction marketplace and why it's increasingly diminishing returns for a lot of brands? And there's some pretty seismic changes going on that I think if people don't diversify or find some stuff to do, they're going to find when the music stops, they don't have a lot of <laughs> digital channels that are producing a positive ROI anymore. And it really helps explain this evolution of people. Again, you were at eBay, people who remember that. I talked about that story in performance partnerships who heard that well, affiliate marketing is this sort of shady thing with not a lot of transparency. I mean, that's just the new partnership program that's really untrue. There's new philosophies of running programs. There's new technology to run programs. And it's just sort of a real think around how do you move much more of your budget to paying for the outcome that you want, whether it's the lead, the inquiry, the sale, and move away from paying for impressions and clicks, which is going to feel like, I think, a billboard model in a few years. If we have all of this data and all these things we're measuring, why are we paying for upstream metrics and not just paying for the outcome that we want? I think that's a great thing to think about for marketers. I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm excited about it. Congratulations on the launch of your latest book. Again, it's Moving the Outcomes. I'm looking at a copy of it. It's here. It's real. It's in paper. I'm sure it's in digital as well. <laughs> digital and audio too. Audio as well. Finally, <laughs> then I can, I'm using air quotes, read it. Robert, I appreciate you coming back on the show and being our guest. Thank you very much.
All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Robert Glazer, the founder and chairman of the board at Acceleration Partners for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Robert, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Robert underscore Glazer, or you can visit his website, robertglazer.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-G-L-A-Z-E-R. And also you can go to robertglazer.com slash outcomes to buy Robert's most recent book, Moving to Outcomes. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J. S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.